be reading from John 14 this morning. And uh, it's going to say this. 14.12, truly, truly, I say to you that whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do. And greater works than these he will do because I am going to the Father. Man, that is rad. Father, Jesus, would you speak to your people today and use me if possible? Amen. Hey, um, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do. I don't know if you know much, but Jesus was the greatest human that's ever walked the planet. And the things that he has done, um, I don't think we could ever do anything that could compare to what he's done. But that's not what he said. So I have to recognize that he's calling me to do greater. Today, uh, there are promises that God has for you to do things of great significance on this earth. And I don't know anyone that lived as intentionally as Jesus. And so I just want you to know that he's not saying that there's some people that's going to come after me that's going to do greater things than me. He's saying whoever believes in me. So is there any whoever's that are in this room here today? Uh, I just, I, I'm calling you to greatness for a moment for you to recognize some things that are truly awesome that you have the potential of doing um, ah, greater works than these you will do. Well, we started a series two weeks ago uh, called Promises, and there are some things that I want you to know that God promises he's going to do in and through you. And the first thing we said that was uh, the greatest thing, greatest miracle that we've ever seen, greatest miracle I've ever seen in my life, I've seen all kinds of things from blind eyes and lame walking and bones put back together and headaches and backs and all things cured. The greatest miracle I've ever seen is salvation. When God cleanses a soul. And so when we, Jesus is talking about the greater works, I really truly believe that the works that he's called us to do that are followers is to bring others to salvation. And today I want to talk to you about really a powerful opportunity that you have, that I have in Christ. Oh man, it's going to be awesome. Well, week two, we talked about the promise. Uh, when, when God wanted to save you, the first thing he wanted to do with the Israelites is get them out of Egypt. Uh, he wanted to save them. The next thing he wanted to do was get Egypt out of them. He wanted to, 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 to take all of that yuck in the dumpster fire that's going on inside all of us and heal that and cleanse that. And I, I just want you to know he's still doing that in me. Uh, yesterday, I had a, an awesome opportunity when I showed my butt to, to for, ask for forgiveness and, and uh, ask the Lord to, to heal another place in me that may have come from a broken area. I think we all have those things. But today, I want you to know that the Lord is calling you to live life of eternal significance. And you're going to have to wake up to see it. It's going to be difficult because we are all moving right now. This world and this society is moving fast. It's getting a lot of you super busy. And the busier you get, the easier it is for you to miss the opportunities that Christ has given you. I think this one can be something that changes your life forever. 
In the same way, the greater works that he's calling you to do, and what I believe, look at this, in Luke 15, this whole chapter, Jesus is going to give multiple story after story after story about these people that were lost, that became found, and he says this thing that's really crazy that I believe is greater than anything else that we could be doing on this planet. He says this, in the same way, there is more joy in heaven over one lost sinner who repents and turns to God than over the 99 others who are righteous and haven't strayed away. What, what he's saying is, I'm really inspired by your worship. I really love, the Lord isn't inspired. He, he, he really loves our worship, but what gets heaven excited is when someone who was lost becomes found. What I love what Jesus does sometimes when he's really trying to make a point is he'll say it again and again. And oftentimes he'll say it three times in a row. As a parent, I know all about this. I'm telling you, I have to say, I told you to put your shoes on. I told you to put your shoes on. And this is Jesus. And he has to say the same thing over and over again. What I really love is when my people actually recognize that there are people that are lost out there. And when they become found, man, there's rejoicing in heaven. You know what gets heaven excited is when the lost become saved. Church, if you want to know what moves God's heart, it's when the people that you love come to Christ. He would tell this story again and again and again, and he would even say it in a third way in the craziest scenario. He tells about three people in this story about the prodigal son. In Luke chapter 15, he ends this story, this is not in my notes, by talking about a father who loves his children. His, both, he has two sons, and one jacks his life up all kinds of craziness and strays away. I mean, there's one that's righteous that like stays at home and does things that is great and does things that's, that's true and awesome and takes care of the house of God and, and like really, really loves the father. And the lost son comes home after being a fool for a long time. And the, and the righteous son kind of gets frustrated that the father threw a party. Church, you have to know what the father wants is to see his sons come home. And we have made this party and this festival all about us. But I want you to know that the calling of God on your life is not about you at all. I read a book years ago called 40 Days of Purpose. And it was pretty cool that the first purpose, the first day, the first page, the first sentence said, it's not about you. You got to know that if you're going to do anything great, the first thing you got to do is get your eyes off of you. Everything great that's coming out of you is coming for other people. That's what love is. When you hold a baby for the first time and realize its innocence and its beauty. But heaven is rejoicing when the lost come home. I don't know about you, but I want to do things that makes heaven celebrate I want, to, I want to know that my life causes heaven to stand to their feet and go, that's it. That's the moment. I want to do great things of huge significance. Well, Jesus would say it this way. Greater things he's calling us to do. Someone say greater things. Someone say greater things. I want to wake us up, guys, because a lot of us are asleep at the wheel in life. And we're just coasting and we don't know, we're just, it's another week gone by, another month gone by, and I want to live life of significance. Anyone else? Yes. God has a promise for you. 
Can you imagine how cool it would be if the day you get to heaven, you, everyone stands up and applauds because of the life that you lived? Man, that guy lived the life. Scripture says we're, we're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. Let us throw off every weight that so easily entangles us, right? None of this is in my notes. This is just coming for you right now here. But man, we've got some weights on. We've got some things that are distracting us from the goal. So this is what Jesus would say. This goal of significance that would cause heaven to celebrate, would cause the Father to celebrate in our life. He said, one day Jesus was walking along the shore of the Sea of Galilee and he saw two brothers, Simon, also called Peter and Andrew, throwing their nets into the water for they, they fished for a living. And Jesus called out to them. I know some of you are working and some of you are parenting and some of you are doing a lot of things, but he said this, listen, come follow me and I'll show you how to fish for people. Can you imagine if your life made an eternal difference? I think I'm prisoner of the moment oftentimes in my life. But if I were to step back and look at like the big picture of my life, and I'm not talking about this year or this month or this decade. I'm talking about millennials. You and I are gonna live forever. And I want to make sure that this moment in my life is making a difference in the big scheme of things. That's a powerful thought. I want you to know that one of the promises that I believe that God is making to you. Now, this is going to fall on anyone that would receive it today. But you have to fight for what you want in life. I remember I had an old English teacher in fifth grade that would tell me, like, I can't put this information in you. You have to want it for yourself. I can't, I can't awaken the call of God on your life. You have to call out for it. But as I will call out for what I, will, I believe God wants to do in my life. And so I'm looking through scripture about people who heard the call of God on their life. Moses, in Exodus chapter 3, he said, Then the Lord told him, I have certainly seen the oppression of my people in Egypt, and I've heard their cries of distress because of their harsh slave drivers. Yes, I am aware of these people suffering out there. Look, the cry of my people of Israel has reached me and I've seen how harshly the Egyptians abused them. Now go, I am sending you to Pharaoh and you must lead my people. I, the Lord didn't call Moses to be a pastor. He, he called him to reach his people. I just want you to know all of our callings are going to look different. But when God says go, I want to be the person that he calls on. Let me show you another story just briefly. An angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon and said to him, mighty hero, the Lord is with you. Sir, Gideon replied, if the Lord was really with us, then why is all this bad stuff happening? Where, where are all the miracles that our ancestors told us about? Anyone ever think like this? Didn't they say the Lord has brought us up out of Egypt, but now the Lord has abandoned us and handed us over to the Midianites. And the Lord turned to him and said, go with the strength that you have and rescue Israel from the Midianites. For I am sending 
you. What if your life actually had an assignment from God? It does. What was the greatest thing of significance you've ever done? Because I'm looking for those kind of moments in my life. And I'm asking this sobering question because I think that we need to figure out what we can do to wake up and do things that are really significant. Now, there may be something, someone in this room may be the person that, that, that finds the cure to cancer. And while I would applaud that, what I'm after is what the Lord would applaud. And I'm telling you, I think in your life right now, there are people that are hidden from the church. They're hidden from their own families. They've been rejected and forsaken and ignored and stepped over. And I think what really moves the heart of God is people that would go after those individuals because the Lord is sending people. And I believe that that would be so significant if we would make a moment in our life dedicated to finding the ones that the Father is looking for. Is anyone hearing this today? Yes. I believe God has a promise for you. That he will use you. I want to be an instrument of God. I want to make myself available. I can't even, it, the, the statement even sounds ludicrous for me to say it out loud. That God could use me. Like, <laughs> that's just silly. You don't know the way he looks at you. All right, I have to keep going. What frustrates me, though, is how many times I've not answered the call of God. How many times I've missed the mark and not gone the right direction. Anyone else? And man, I hope that that burns you. I hope that you can feel the moments where you've missed God. I don't want conviction to ever leave me. I want to fight for it. Check this out. This is Ezekiel chapter 22, verse 30. For I looked for someone who might rebuild the wall of righteousness that guards the land. And I searched for someone to stand in the gap in the wall so that I wouldn't have to destroy the land or the earth. But I found no one. Can you imagine that the Lord is looking to use someone and we're not listening? I just want to make sure that I awaken the watchman today. He is wanting to use someone to reach the lost. He's willing to put his gifts inside someone. He's willing to put his spirit inside someone to use someone that would make an eternal difference in a family and a generation. This verse destroys me because I wonder how many times he was willing to use me and I wasn't willing or available. But Isaiah chapter six said it this way. Same, same scenario, really. Then I heard the Lord asking, whom shall I send as a messenger to the people and who will go for us? And I said, here I am, Lord. Here I am, Lord. Send me. 
Is there anyone else, anyone else that would say, here I am, Lord, send me? Like, Lord, I want to go fish for people. I want to go. Lord, if you're asking if someone would go reach someone you love, I'll do it. If our heart doesn't break for people, what is it breaking for? Because we can get our eyes on stuff. We can get our eyes on material things that don't have eternal significance. We can have our eyes on, on, on careers or education or other things. And all those things are good if the resources in reaching the lost. I remember the moment uh, years ago when we were at Disney and Mia went missing. She went missing for about five minutes. And I was in absolute chaos on the inside of me. Did somebody take in that moment if my son came over to me and said hey dad what are we having for dinner I'd have slapped him so hard I love you boy you know someone could have offered me a million dollars and I would not take it because in that moment I had lost something and Luke 15 is Jesus trying to tell the story that I have sons and daughters that are missing. And if something doesn't happen, and we're worried about like what colors on the wall at our church or what, what, what the grass looks like or what, what's, what, what, we have so many things that is entangling us, causing us to not understand that God has a promise that he would actually I dare to say partner with him. I'm in covenant with God. Lord, here's my life. I laid it down. You could do whatever you want with it, but I beg you to use me to do something great in this generation. And if that's what heaven is standing for, I'm in. But when I think about this, here am I, send me, all of my insecurities flare up inside of me. Anyone else? All of this, God, but I'm not good enough. I can't. I wouldn't know what to say. I'm, I'm, I'm busy. And I, I, I just want you to know, man, the, the greatest ability is availability. It's someone that would just be available. Like Moses was the guy that, that was picked to probably be the greatest leader in Scripture. And dude couldn't open his mouth and talk. That's me. I'm one of the most uneducated people in the room and the spirit of God comes on me and good things happen. He don't need me to be educated. He don't need me to be brilliant. He don't need me to be, have a full set of hair. He don't, he don't, all he wants is someone that would say, I'm willing. I am willing to make myself available, God. If it moves your heart, let it move mine. And I'm looking for opportunities when I've canceled my schedule. And find the person, the woman at the well, where I'm willing to go out of my way. Let me just ask you that. If you want the call of God on your life, is a 3.30 appointment cancelable? Because if it's not, let me just tell you what your calling is going to look like. So when the Lord calls, he's not worried about your agenda. And I just think we have become a place as American citizens where our calendar rules our lives. 
But the Lord of my life is not my time. It's not my schedule. It's the Lord Jesus Christ. Anyone? All right, cool. I have to get back to the notes because I'm, I'm way off point. The meaning, Pablo Picasso said this, the meaning of life is to find your gift and the purpose of life is to give it away. Come on, somebody. I know why I was here. I found the greatest pearl of price. I found the treasure that everyone on earth is looking for. I know why they stay at the bar till two o'clock in the morning, drinking and drinking and drinking, and people are prostituting themselves because they're hurting, and I found him who heals thee. And the purpose of life is to give that away. And the fact that the Lord would allow me to share him with anyone it's baffling. But I see it all throughout scripture, the Lord's desire to use mankind to reach mankind. Here I am, Lord, send me. I know there's a lot of people that got a lot of stuff going on right now in your life. And I'm just asking you, if you sobered up for a second, is there one divine appointment you already know you're supposed to have this week? Because what could be more significant than that? I remember I used to want to preach when I was um, 19. I used to want to preach the gospel and like pastor and like go and talk to people. And the pastor that I have would always say, the greatest audience you'll ever have is one person. And I, and I minimized it and I realized, no, no, it's so true. One-on-one conversations are the greatest opportunities to break down the gospel and listen to people and find the moments where God is answering their question and you're hearing their heart and their concern and their fears and you're letting them know that the kingdom of God is here right now and he can heal you and mend your heart and wash away years of hurt. Amen. That's what I heard. And so I want to turn just real quick to Matthew chapter 9. Is this landing on anyone so far? I I want you to know that, man, I I believe that God has a promise. And it's, it's, it's the promise that, like, you weren't an accident. He has a plan for your life. He has a purpose for your life. And he wants to do something crazy significant in and through you. And we all aren't evangelists. But we all can have a message you all have a story. If you've encountered the cross, you know his love. So I, I just, I can't get away from this story today. Matthew chapter nine, verse 35 through 38. And it says this, Jesus traveled through all the towns and villages of that area, teaching in the synagogues and announcing the good news about the kingdom. The good news about the kingdom, it's here. It's right now. The kingdom of God is always right here, right now. So I just want you to know any situation you find yourself in, the good news is that the moment is now. The opportunity is here. He can heal right now. And when the crowds, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were confused and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Let me just stop there. 
Can you go back to that for a second? When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them. Church, I beg you to get this in your heart. If we're not careful, we can allow a cynical heart to look at the crowds, a judgmental heart to look at the crowds. But the people that Jesus saw that were judgmental were the Pharisees. These are the ones that he rebuked the most. When Jesus saw the crowds, he was, it broke him. And I just want you to know, when I'm looking at the world we're living in today, it is dark. And it's only going to get darker. And yet he put us in there to be light and to be hope, to be a resource and an instrument of hope. When Jesus saw them, he had compassion. I pray that if anything comes through this house, it's compassion. It's a heart for the broken, for the rejected and the abandoned. Because all kinds of glorious things can happen through that kind of heart. But the heart that looks down on the world is the heart that walks over them. And Jesus said this when he looked out over the crowds. Please hear me. Please hear me. He said that the harvest is great. Can you see a great harvest? Can you see that people are broken and hurting? Those are perfect individuals to find Christ. And the more darkness you see out there, where, where sin abounds, grace abounds, yet even more, the, the scripture says. The harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord of, who is in charge of the harvest and ask him to send more workers into the fields. I, I, I'm, I'm praying this. Actually, I prayed this verse today after I was reading it. And I wondered if it actually worked this way. And I don't think it does. I don't think that because I, and I could be wrong, I'm, there's scholars that's going to disagree with me and it's okay. But I was strategically praying this and I realized that it kind of played a trick on me. As I was praying that there'd be more harvest in Polk County, more, more harvesters in Polk County, I realized what it was doing. It was awakening the harvester in me. Because I can't, I can't inspire you to go reach the lost. Only the Holy Spirit can do that. But what I can do is be aware that there is a calling on my life and I'm not, I'm not there yet. I wonder if we see brokenness. Romans chapter 10 said it this way. He said, how will anyone go without them being sent? That's why the scripture says, how beautiful are the feet of the messengers that bring the good news. First of all, let me just stop there and make sure you know, there's no such thing as beautiful feet. None. It's not happening. doesn't exist. So why they're saying that is because the Lord really likes those that brings the message of the gospel of Jesus. Firm believer, especially for people who only had sandals back in these days. You know about they had the nastiest of feet. (laughs) 
But how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in, in him? And how can they believe in him if they've never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? But everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. What a promise. What an opportunity. I want you to know that I believe that it's God's promise that he will use you. That it's his desire to take someone that is jacked up and broken and, and put his spirit inside of you and make you probably the most significant person in their life. I'll never forget, as long as I live, the man that walked into my hospital room and told me about Jesus for the first time after I was in a car accident. To this day, I know exactly what he looks like because that was the man that planted the seed of Christ Jesus in my life that changed the trajectory of everything about me. And I just want you to know that like, it's not your job to get them saved. It's not your job to say the right things. It is our job to go. And you don't have to, but when I think about it, what is more significant that we can do on the face of the earth than in the day of Christ know that we brought somebody with us? I'll tell you right now, that day at Disney, had you walked up to me and had my daughter in your hand, there is no dollar amount in my wallet that you would not have had, had access to. Because there's nothing I wouldn't give for my children. That's the heart of the Father. And to be the one that can answer his broken heart. I love seeking the Lord. In him, I believe there is fullness of joy. But when I seek the Lord, there is also a place of brokenness. There is a, a place of pain. And I don't know if you've ever spent long hours seeking the Lord, but when he shares his heart with you, he loves his children. He wants to bless them. He wants to be involved in their life. And for you to be the one that brings awareness to that is awesome. God has a plan and a purpose for you to do something of eternal significance. And I want it pretty badly. I have a couple more verses I'm going to share with you and I'll be done. <coughs> is this good so far? Deb, I'm going to ask you to come just so that it tells me to hurry up and shut up. <laughs> 2 Corinthians chapter 5 says this. What, what is our message? What the heck would I say? If I did decide to open my mouth and say something, and how do I know who I'm supposed to say something to? I'll tell you. You'll know you should say something when your heart just does this. I can't explain it any better than that. It just, it does this. It's like you feel super uncomfortable for someone you don't even know. I don't even know why I'm uncomfortable right now. That's the love of God. That's the call of God. And I speak it over you so you can see it when it happens. But I don't know what to say. Well, Jesus said you're not supposed to know what you say. If you actually pre-plan it, you're doing it wrong. He said he, the Holy Spirit will work through you when you get there and he'll tell you what to say when, when, when you get there. So don't worry about it. 
but this is what you should say. This is what the message would sound like should you make yourself available to do something of eternal significance. And all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us the task of reconciliation, of reconciling people to him. Can you imagine that? Friends, that is beautiful. He's given us the task of reconciling people back to God. You know that we're the fragrance to those that are perishing? I just love the way that sounds. I'm, all of a sudden, I smell good for the first time in my life, but only to people that need a life raft. For God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people sinned against them. He gave to us the wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors. And God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. Come back to God. Come back to your destiny. Come back to the Father. Come back to the potter and the one who made you, designed you for himself. Come back to the one who loves you. For God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering for our sin so that we would be made right with God through Christ. So this is how I close. First, I believe that there's um, a few people that feel out of place right now who are planted in the house of God. And I plead with you, come back to God. Would you all do me a favor and bow your heads and close your eyes and make this a holy moment? The Holy Spirit is here. And you're here and you'd say, I don't know if I'm right with God. My prayer life ain't where it's supposed to be. I'm saying and doing things I'm not supposed to be doing. I need to get my life back on track. And today I am recommitting to put my life back in order. I'm giving my life back to Jesus. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if that's you, would you raise your hand right now? God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. It's awesome. So anyone else would say, Pastor, pray for me. Holy Spirit's tugging on your heart. God bless you. I see your hand. It's awesome. In Jesus' name, I ask you to forgive us, Lord. Every day I want to come back to you. Every day I want to give you my heart. Every day I want to give you my life. Every day I want to throw myself at your feet and say, I'm sorry. Forgive me. I'll do anything for you to be present in my life. Don't take your spirit from me, Jesus. Give me your spirit. I'm going to read you a verse really quick. And then we'll do one more prayer. But it says this. Jesus, right after he was resurrected, came to his disciples and he said this. As he spoke, he showed them the wounds in his hands and in his side. And they were filled with joy when they saw the angel again. He said, peace be with you. But as the Father is sending me, 
so am I sending you. I don't know if you can hear that, but he's sending you. And maybe you missed your last assignment, but if you're here today and the Holy Spirit's talking to you and you're saying, Pastor Tim, I don't want to miss my next assignment, will you pray for me? If that's you and you want God to send you to somebody who's broken this week, would you raise your hand right now? Here I am, Lord, send me. Lord, you see these hearts. All we want is to honor you. All we want is to love you. All we want is to please you. I wouldn't know what to say and I won't know what to do, but I'm willing. I'm willing to make myself available to you. If you put them on my heart, I'll tell them what you've done in my life. I'll tell them how I found your love. How you've washed me and cleansed me. And how you have a plan for their life. Jesus. Here I am, send me. You know what scares me? It scares me that there's someone that fell asleep last night in Polk County and cried themselves to sleep last night. Praying. God help me. And didn't have the ears to hear the love of God. God, if you would just let me cross paths with them, I'll answer that prayer. Lord, you're worthy. 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 I pray that you take away all fear and anxiety. I take away, I pray you take away all shame and guilt. This isn't about you're not good enough, and this isn't about you're not smart enough, and this isn't about what you didn't do right. This is about where you're going and the high call of God on your life. This is about eternity. This is about us bringing you something that brings you joy, and it is simply obedience. We will obey, Lord. We will honor you. Speak to me, Lord. Change our hearts everywhere in this room. I'm asking right now for a baptism of compassion in this room, a baptism of compassion that we would love people the way you love people. Teach us to sacrifice for others. Teach us to give of ourselves. For God so loved the world that he gave. not going to do that song, but this is what we're going to do. I found in my life, um, this is how we're going to close. I found in my life, one of the greatest ways for me to awaken passion for Jesus in my life is to share my faith. And I'm not saying that because I'm an evangelist. What I believe is that it like almost that 
do like most of the time when I share my faith, I get rejected. I just want you to know. Maybe I'm not good at it. I don't know. But it breaks my heart when I try and it comes back not working. And I want you to know, Jesus said, like, they're going to reject you. But it causes me to love Jesus more. I believe sacrifice for Jesus makes our heart grow bigger. So um, what I asked Brady if we can do today as we close service is maybe some of us, we don't know how to share with our words, but they'll come. I promise you, he'll break your heart. Some of you could open your wallet today. Let me rephrase that. Every stinking one of you could open your wallet today. I'd like to take an offering for Ukraine. Not for our house at all. But what I know is that there are now more than a million people that have, um, that don't have a home because they're living in a city that is filled with violence and they're fleeing for their lives. And the church, there are first responders that are there right now. And we want to partner with some of those first responders to make sure that in this chaos, they know that God is with them. And so we want to make sure that the first responders with the gospel that are there on the front lines are empowered with the resources to tell them that God is with them. And so if you can give 20 bucks today, that, that'll buy a lot of meals in the Ukraine right now. But maybe you can give 100. Maybe you can give 1,000. I just want to make sure that we're putting resources right now where the attention of the world is and we put the gospel on the front lines. Amen? I know that if my family found war in the streets of Lakeland and we had to be homeless, it would be awesome to run into someone that can say, hey, I'm here to help. Can I pray with you? And I have some meals for you if you want them. And so uh, today you can give on the app and you can just memo the Ukraine. But what happens is we decide to care and our heart follows that. Like it starts with us saying, I want to care more than I currently do. And you'll find that your heart will awaken to compassion for the lost. Does that make sense? Store up your, your treasures in heaven, right? And these things that we value and we put them kingdom purpose on it, it breaks our heart and we're moved. We're out of time in this service and uh, I hate doing two services. We're trying to get another building. We're gonna do great news. Some things happened last month that was also super cool. And I'm just thankful that God's moving in our church. Uh, I can't wait for us to have a home that we can just all be in one place for like seven hour services. That's what we're gonna do. Just 17, maybe 17 hour services. Just kidding. When you have a better pastor, that'll happen, right? Father, I commission your church to be salt of the earth, to be light in a dark world, to recognize that you have put your word in their mouths, and that is not a small thing. It is a powerful thing. I thank you for how you've cleansed us and how you've washed us and how you've moved in our lives, and I pray that you would put that jealousy in us to see it happen in other people's lives. Show us how to give your love away. I pray that we have eyes this week to see people that are broken in our workspace, in stores, waitresses and servers. Help us to see people through the lens that you see them. 
So when your heart breaks, we want ours to break. And we're asking this in the name of Jesus, all God's people said. Uh, the church on fire, man. It's a church that loves people.